Hey guys, welcome back to the FFP. Today we'll be doing our week eight waiver wire pickups. Today seems a little bit shallow. I don't think we're gonna be talking about as quite many as players as we normally talk about, but I've said it for many weeks and I'm finally hitting the point where, you know what, the waiver wire is starting to get thin. Again, I've said that before, but we're really continuing this trend of more injuries, more bye weeks, and less talent to pick up. So I think this trend's gonna continue. I would definitely be aggressive and go out and get these guys and make sure uh, that you're making the right claims. As always, there will be timestamps down in the description below. And I'll pass it over to Rob to talk about injuries and bye weeks real quick. Yeah, so five weeks we have the Ravens and the Dallas Cowboys this week that are on a bye. As far as injuries go, of course, really don't know a whole lot until tomorrow, Monday, or Tuesday when things come out. Even that changed throughout the week. Uh, the one thing that's changed is concussion protocol in the NFL. Uh, it used to be if a guy had a concussion, you could probably expect next week he's going to play. But we're seeing more and more guys not playing, sometimes taking two, three weeks to come back. As far as injuries goes, of course, there's Pat Mahomes Thursday night. Uh, three to five weeks is what we're hearing. Uh, we'll get into some of those things there. What does that open up as far as waiver wire claims, issues? Adam Thielen today. So he left with a thigh injury, hamstring injury, I should say. And uh, he's optimistic that he's going to be able to play this Thursday. They got a game Thursday night with the Washington Redskins, which, by the way, I'm going to be at that game. Pretty excited. Yeah. Sorry. Um, he's optimistic he's going to play, but the players always say that. We'll have to see. I'd be surprised if Adam Thielen can go in that game. And carry on Johnson today. I've got him going in two leagues. He left with a knee injury. Uh, he didn't return, and they saw him on the sideline with a brace. Uh, sounds a little bit concerning to me, and you'll get into what that means as far as waiver wires go. Then you have Matt Ryan, ankle injury. Um, left the game, he did not return. Now, at that point, the score was 30-3. to It was a blowout, um, so they probably weren't going to bring him back anyways, although he was spotted with a walking boot following the game, although the coach did come out publicly and say that he doesn't think it's anything serious, but I would imagine he'll probably miss at least one week there. Uh, I hope not because he's another guy that I have in two leagues, and he's been great for me. So, All right, let's get into it, guys. So let's take a look at Chase Edmonds. In my estimation, he's got to be the number one sought after waiver wire pickup this week. He's 54% available out there. Now, this guy got on a few people's radar a few weeks ago. And initially, I think he was viewed as really a handcuff for David Johnson. But I don't think that's no longer the case. I think that's changed. He's no longer just a handcuff. Now, if you take a look at this guy's look great. And I think his role is going to continue to be very significant, even when David Johnson is 100% healthy or fully healthy again. The 2018 fourth-round pick, uh, he's not big, 5'9", 205 pounds. That's not a big back, but if you've been watching him, this guy looks great. Um, he looks like he's playing another speed at times where just things are going in slow motion for him. He's elusive. He makes decisive cuts. And his style of play and his skill set is great fit for Cliff Clingsbury's office there, offense, I should say. A uh, great fit for that offense. Say he goes out, he has 27 carries, 126 yards, and two touchdowns. And for the year, he's got 287 rushing yards and a 5.63 yards per carry and five touchdowns. Uh, his efficiency, his yards per carry have been very, very solid. Unlike David Johnson, who's actually struggled the last few years carrying the ball, David Johnson's yards per carry have been lower. Now, a lot of people kind of contributed that or attributed that to poor offensive line play, but that poor offensive line hasn't hurt Chase Edmonds at all. No, he's got good hands. He's got 10 catches for the year. Now, with that said, he's never going to overtake David Johnson in terms of pass catching. David Johnson is a phenomenal pass catching back, but Chase can easily be on the field for all three downs. He's got good skills in that area. And next week he plays New Orleans. So Chase Edmonds is a guy that you got to pick up. He's going to have some nice value going forward. All right, so what about Adrian Peterson? At 40% available, first thing I like is for a running back of his talent, that's actually fairly available. We'd always like to clarify that this guy is more of a PPR play than a, or excuse me, a standard play than a PPR play um, because he does do a lot in the passing game. But in standard leagues, the production has been there. And true to what the Redskins interim coach has said, they have really stuck to the run. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, he was quoted as saying that he thinks running is more about volume than efficiency. And they've, again, they've really stuck to that and they've carried the ball a lot with Peterson. They trust him. 
Um, last couple of weeks have been really good. Two weeks ago, he had 23 carries for 118 yards. That was a good day. And then last week versus San Francisco, he's another good day, 20 carries for 81 yards against the 49ers who have actually given up the fewest fantasy points to running backs. And it was in a very sloppy weather, a very bad game, very hard to run, especially again against a good run defense when they know you're going to run it. And there was like two inches of water on the ground. It looked awful. I don't know how he managed. It was a pretty good day. But on top of that, it wasn't just volume, because we could talk about if a guy's just going to sit there and get carry after carry after carry, what's his ceiling and how long can he get that many carries, but he has 4.63 yards per carry. That is pretty impressive. And those last two games, yeah. Yeah, that is pretty impressive. Now, he comes and he plays the Minnesota Vikings, who give up the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs, but again, when you talk about that volume and the fact that the 49ers defense was even better, Adrian Peterson is not going to be a great stud week in and week out stutter for you, but is a standard guy to come off the bench and replace for injuries, bye weeks, and maybe if you have a tough matchup, then hey, I definitely like this guy. You should go out and get him. Another guy out there you want to take a look at is Mark Walton. The running back for the Miami Dolphins, 79% available out there. So they're rebuilding, they're looking to the future, and they want to see what they've got in some of these young players. Now, two weeks ago, they said that Mark's going to have an expanded role, and he's seen exactly that happen. The past first three weeks of the season, he only averaged 1.3 carries per game, but the last three weeks, his carries went from 6 to 6, and this last week, they went to 14. His rushing yards have increased from 23 to 32 to 66. His yards per carry of 4.65 are impressive when you consider really how an F that offense has been. That offense has just been brutally bad there. Now, in week six, he also had five catches for 43 yards, so it's nice to see he's getting involved in the passing game. Now, if you go back to where he was in college, he played for the Miami Hurricanes there. He actually showed improvement each year as a freshman all the way to his junior year. Now, his junior only played five games, and he came out before he was a senior there. Now, what you have to consider with this guy, I think he's an option. I think he's a guy you need to put on your bench there, but his son's going to be limited understanding the offense that he plays for there. And I think he's got more potential dynasty leagues. Now, next week, he plays a Steelers defense in week eight, which is not a great matchup because that Steelers defense is playing a lot better. But for those that are desperate, he's a guy that you should definitely put on your bench. Another guy out there that you could pick up and use is Johnson, wide receiver of the Vikings, who's 99% available. Of course, Adam Thielen hurt his leg. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be available Thursday's game. Adam says he thinks he's going to be available. I'd be surprised if he does. But even if he does play in that game, I still think that Johnson could get a lot of targets in a game playing in Minnesota against the Redskins that I think is going to be a little lopsided score there. Now, in weeks four and five, one week he had four catches, 35 yards. He followed that up with four catches for 43 yards. And then this week, he had four catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. So obviously, you're going to have to monitor Adam Thielen's injury, see the severity of it he's going to play. But I think there's a guy, if Adam is out or misses any time, he becomes the number two guy for an offense that suddenly got hot for a quarterback that suddenly looked like he went from looking like one of the worst, terrible signs in the NFL to phenomenal. In fact, what was your stat that you had? Yeah, so the interesting thing about Kirk Cousins is he is the first quarterback in NFL history um, to, in three consecutive games, have a pass rating of over 130. Where are all those haters now, right? So, go <laughs> bikes. Anyways, uh, if you look at this guy, he was actually having trending upwards. His usage in that offense was going up even before Adam got injured today. So this guy, definitely keep your eye on. He could be a sneaky play for you if you're a large league and you need somebody as a, maybe a wide receiver three there. Another guy out there you may want to take a look at is Zach Pascal, wide receiver of the Colts, who's 99% available out there. And I think this guy actually has got some good long-term value also. So he had a touchdown of 53 yards in week three. Next week, he followed up with four catches, 72 yards. And today, highly involved in that offense. He goes out six catches, 106 yards, and two touchdowns. So uh, I'm kind of impressed myself and kind of depressed, all in the same thing. I was in a real pitch in two leagues, 16-team leagues. I've been devastated with injuries. There's nothing out there in the waiver wire, and I was really desperate. 
And so I picked him up and I started him in a league and I was feeling like a genius, but I need him in the other league and I just couldn't get the guts up and started him in both leagues, so I sat him. So I was very happy in one, a little hurt in the other, not kicking myself a little bit there. Now, they've been looking for somebody to line up opposite of T.Y. Hilton in that offense. They look at Paris Campbell. I think Paris Campbell is a nice guy moving forward into next year, but he's been injured. He's a rookie. I think he's got a lot to do and grow in that offense. So long as a rookie before he has a what I would call a significant role there. He had functions on the IR, and that leaves Pascal as the number two wide receiver in that offense. And he looks more inadequate in that role. He's been improving week after week. Now, the one concern I have with him, why I think it, his ceiling's a little limited, likes to spread the ball around, use their tight ends off, and obviously Hilton clearly is the number one wide receiver there. I mean, his ceiling's a little limited, but in the right matchup, this guy will give you value. So uh, definitely consider him. All right, running back Ty Johnson for the Detroit Lions. Definitely a guy that you need to consider, especially if you have carry on Johnson. Johnson left the this last game with a knee injury and did not return. He left in the first quarter and actually he went in the locker room, took care of some stuff, came back out and he was actually had a knee brace on, which is of course a very bad sign for his availability in week eight. He did spend a few minutes on one of those stationary bikes trying to move the leg, get things going, get some blood flow in there. That's really good for recovery. And it does mean it's not a major injury. So I really doubt that he's going to be out for the rest of the season or anything serious like that. We would have heard that by now. But it does mean that his possibility of playing in week eight is what I would call slim. I don't think the odds are great. And if he doesn't play, Ty Johnson has very good, very high value. I think he's got a very good sleeper potential to have a breakout game. Without Johnson, he had 10 carries for 29 yards, plus he caught all four of his targets for 28 yards in the air. That's pretty effective when you consider it was against a Minnesota Vikings defense that, as I mentioned already in the video, has allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs. It was a bit of a blowout. Minnesota was putting up a lot of points, and the Lions simply weren't able to run the ball as much as they would like to have. They were forced to throw the ball a lot, and you know what? Ty Johnson really took advantage of that. He is a seemingly quite a versatile running back. So I think that next week against the New York Giants, who actually give up the eighth most fantasy points to running backs, this could be a huge game for Johnson. Again, that flip from fourth worst matchup to eighth best matchup, that is a very good situation to be in. Uh, so again, I would pick him up, especially if you own on Johnson and play him if on is out. Let's continue to talk about the uh, Detroit Lions right there. I'll talk about Marvin Jones, who's 30% available, not highly available, but for 30 of you out there, you can pick this guy up. In fact, you picked him up in a league. You were lucky enough that he was out there and you started him, and I think that's going to help you win a game this week. 30% available, like I said. He's clearly the number two wide receiver on that team. He's got a great matchup in Week 8 versus the New York Giants, going to be the fourth most points to wide receivers. He had a huge game today. 10 catches, 93 yards and four touchdowns. He really single-handedly kept Detroit in that game. He made some amazing catches there. But that game is not isolated. Um, this is a guy that has shown before he's been a successful wide receiver in the NFL, and he's been productive even this year. Now, he had a quiet week in Week 6 this year, but before that, the two previous weeks, he had one week where he had six catches, 101 yards and a touchdown, and he had one where he had 77 yards. So this guy in the right matchup can be a very, very good wide receiver three for you guys. Let's talk about some Bengals wide receivers. You know, it's really tough talking about some of these guys. They play on some bad offenses. Joe Mixon is killing me after having a huge year last year. But you got to talk about these guys because in the right situations, you're going to need to draw upon some of these players. Start with A.J. Green. 21% available in redraft leagues. Not highly available, but somebody keep an eye out there. Somebody maybe overlook them. The other one is Alex Erickson. He's 98% available there. Now, I'll start with Green. Uh, ESPN's Adam Scheffner reports that Green's probably not going to return until after the October 29th trade deadline, so he's probably going to miss another week there. Um, but still, you want to grab him now if he happens to be available. Don't wait any longer. He's not going to be there. 
Uh, Alex Erickson today had a huge day. Eight catches, 137 yards. Uh, last week he had an expanded role. We had four catches, 47 yards. There has been times where they look like they're going to use him more, and then all of a sudden he'll disappear. I think he's a guy that you could pick up. You have to be in a very deep league. I'm talking about 16 to 18 teams where you start three wide receivers, but he could have a role there. Now, there is risk starting him because a lot of guys get targets there. you got Boyd, Tate, Green's going to return soon. But in very deep leagues, he's a guy that you could play if you're really in a pinch. I know I've been in a pinch recently. I've had a ton of injuries uh, in a large league, and sometimes you just got to scrape the bottom of the barrel just to get past that week. But he's a guy that you could definitely consider. All right, now we're going to talk about John Brown. He is only 20% available, but i got to mention him because he's only available in one-fifth of leagues, but that's still quite a bit of leagues when you really think about how many people are going to be watching this video um, and the fact that his production is absolutely warranted picking it up. Now, Rob, you covered him last week, and you said start him. That was absolutely the right call this week. Um, he was fantastic. Five catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. The numbers were there. It was a good day for him. There's a lot more reasons to like him. First of all, this year as a whole has been good. The funny thing is he's been a very quiet wide receiver. I don't mean statistically. I just mean as far as the news and the coverage on this guy. I guess being a small market team and not a high-powered offense, people just forget about you. And yet this guy's on pace for 88 catches and almost 1,300 yards. That is extremely high production for a wide receiver that I think most people wouldn't even consider a wide receiver to until they actually sat down and you showed them the numbers. He's just not a big name. But again, the production is there. And there's a lot more to like about him, especially heading into this week specifically. They will be playing the Philadelphia Eagles, whose pass defense has got to be worse than the NFL. I, I fully believe that. They give up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. And not just that, in their first seven games, wide receivers have scored 11 touchdowns and seven times they have had 100-plus yard receiving games. They have been lit up week after week after week, and it doesn't matter who is in the lineup, who is playing against them. They have a good day. And this guy is going to continue to have a good day. He's had high targets and solid PPR numbers. The yards are there. John Brown, pick him up if he is available. Kenny Stills. I actually really like this guy. Okay, He's 88% available out there. Will Fuller. Um, got a, he's got a lot of talent. But the guy just cannot stay healthy. He left the game today with a hamstring injury. He's got a history of not staying healthy, being banged up there. We'll see how serious that injury is if he's going to miss time. But I would imagine knowing him, knowing his injury history, he's going to miss some time there. Now, Kenny Stills returned today after missing some time with his own injury. Today, he has four catches, 105 yards. Two of the first three weeks this year, he had double-digit points in PPR leagues before he got injured in week four. Next week, he plays Oakland, who gives up the seventh most points to wide receivers. That's a great matchup for him. And when you got Watson as your quarterback there, he's playing great ball. There's huge upside to grabbing Stills, especially if Fuller's going to miss any time. Got to grab this guy. He's going to be a solid wide receiver three play for a couple weeks in many leagues. Talk about the Titans wide receivers. Corey Davis, 59% available, and A.J. Brown, 83% available there. Uh, Tannehill is now the quarterback of that team. Tannehill, as they say. Uh, we talked in the preseason when he went there. You and I said, how long before there's a quarterback controversy? And a lot of people say, no, it's not going to happen. Marcus Mariota is the better quarterback. Um, we really felt, I'm not a big fan of Marcus Mariota, nothing personal there. Just wasn't a huge fan of his game there. And I felt like Tannehill brings a lot more to the table. We'll tell you that offense was vastly better with him at quarterback. He went out, he went 23 for 29. 312 passing yards, uh, and they got the win. Now, Davis, a former first-round pick in a lot of people's minds, has been a disappointment or a bust, as they would say. But I wonder how much that was due to substandard quarterback play. I think a lot of it is. I think it's really hard to judge what type of wide receiver he's going to be until you get a good quarterback there. The numbers he put up today with Tannehill at quarterback is what you would expect from a first-round pick. Six catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Now, this week, week eight, it's got a great matchup. In fact, I play daily fantasy, and I'm going to definitely be playing with 
Davis. Plays Tampa Bay along the second most points to wide receivers. This is a great play. you got to play him. Let's look at A.J. Brown. Now, A.J. Brown uh, had a decent day today, and he's shown potential this year. But for me, he's more of a value in a dynasty league. So if I was going to place my money on whether it be Brown or Davis moving forward, I'll put my money on Davis. I think Corey Davis is going to be a great play, especially if they keep uh, Ryan Tannehill at quarterback there. Uh, once again, I think you need to pick this guy up. All right, now I get to talk about Emmanuel Sanders. And pretty short and simple, pretty sweet. The guy's had sort of an inconsistent year. He's had three good games and three bad games with one okay to good game. Not a great game, but just sort of an average game, I guess is what I would call it. Uh, he's been a pretty productive wide receiver this year. I think a lot of people underestimated him coming into this season. Uh, but the reason I want to talk about him and the reason I want to talk about this guy is for starters, Again, if you're getting 50% of the time you're getting good games and 50% of the time you're getting bad games, he at least comes in as a guy who's going to be a bench wide receiver for you, played in the right matchup to replace guys on bye weeks and injuries. That alone makes him a roster spot guy that you at least need to own. You may not love him, but you have to like him. But the reason that I really wanted to talk about this guy, because he's not very highly available, but is the talk, the trade rumor talk, that heading into this deadline that they might want to trade him away. The Broncos are clearly in seriously a rebuilding mode right now, and he's a bit older of a wide receiver. So I would say pick him up as sort of a buy low, sell high sort of guy in a situation where he could very well get traded to a team where his fantasy value could rise, right? You go to a different team that is looking for a wide receiver, say a Green Bay Packers who have been disappointed with their wideouts other than Devontae Adams, you could plug him in and his fantasy value goes through the roof. If he doesn't get traded and he disappoints or he gets traded to a team like, say, New England and his role just isn't very big, you can always drop him. But this guy is absolutely worth a spot on your roster. Talk about Christian Kirk out there, 25% available versus New Orleans next week. Uh, before he got injured, this guy looked solid. In fact, Kyler Murray looked his way quite often. He saw 32 targets for the first three games before getting injured. Um, this guy's got a lot of talent. We talked about him last year. His metrics were off the chart, come out of college. There's so many things to like about this guy there. Now, they're saying he's not quite there yet um, as far as cutting and some other things. Um, but I think he's going to be close to return. In fact, I think he's going to be back this week. There's one point last week where he's a game-time decision. Of course, that changed. He didn't play. I think this is the week that he's going to come back, and I think he's a guy that's going to have good value moving forward, especially that Arizona offense, and uh, Murray's looking better and better and better. All right, what about Robbie Anderson? If you are like desperate for a wide receiver with big upside, this might be the guy to go after. I think he has got a very low floor, and there's always very, very solid chance of him being a huge disappointment, uh, but the upside is there. In four of his last five games with Sam Darnold, he has scored a touchdown. So in those last five games, he has scored four, four touchdowns. The production in the end zone has been there. and He has been clear-cut the number one wide receiver in that roster, um, at least as far as making big plays goes, getting the touchdowns, having those awesome big fantasy plays. Now, we can't talk a lot about his production from week seven because he simply hasn't played yet. The Jets play the Patriots tomorrow, Monday night. And so I'll tell you, hey, make sure to monitor that game and watch how he performs. The New England Patriots give up the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, so don't be surprised if he has a very slow day. If he has even a mediocre day, that is a very good sign. Looking forward to week eight, which is really what we have to project to, he plays a much easier matchup against the Jaguars. Not insulting the Jaguars, but their defense is not what it used to be, and of course, they just lost Jalen Ramsey, so I think this is a situation that you have to like. Again, 
Don't be too disappointed if his day isn't great against the Patriots. I would monitor it, of course, if he's absolutely awful, then maybe reconsider. Uh, but he doesn't need to do a whole lot for me to have more confidence in him. And I really like the chemistry that he has had with Sam Darnold. So Robbie Anderson is a is a kind of a risky wideout, but high upside. I like him. D.D. Westbrook, 28% available out there versus the Jets next week. That allowed the 13th most points to wide receivers. Um, people were big on this guy in the preseason. My first couple weeks, he was quiet. People kind of mellowed on him a little bit, but he's getting better and better. A couple reasons. We'll talk about why. But since week three, he's averaged 8.6 targets per game, 70 yards, and five catches. Very solid numbers. Not great, but good. Um, he's got three things I think that are working for him right now. Number one, he's got a very friendly wide receiver schedule coming up. It's going to get really um, soft for him. Number two, Gardner Minshew is growing and getting better as a quarterback. And the guys, uh, the more time he spends in the pocket, I really like the team. If you're a, a Jags fan out there, I want to hear from you. If you're a Jags fan, of course, you didn't like to see your guy go down week one foals. But I think you got to love some of the young players that you got there in that team. And the other thing he's got going for him, the third point, is Chark. Chark is becoming an all-pro wide receiver. And he's going to get more and more attention from defenses, leaving D.D. Westbrook to see more one-on-one -on -one coverage. Um, so I like D.D. Westbrook, 28% available out there. Grab him. All right, now we've got some other wide receivers for you to consider. For the sake of time, we're going to go through these guys and uh, maybe do it a little bit quicker. The first one i got to mention is Tyrell Williams. I said it last week, and I will say it again. He's played four games this year and had four touchdowns. It is hard to argue with that production, and I highly doubt that your all three of your starters plus your two or three bench wide receivers have had better production than that. He at least has to make a roster spot for you. I mean, seriously, not only that, but it's funny. I said this last week, and he got dropped in a lot of leagues. He went from 28% available up to 34, so I don't understand what happened. It's not like he played and played bad. He just simply needed another week to recover. Again, not only that, and I already said that, but probably the biggest reason he's plays Houston this week. Gives up the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers, so I like Tyrell Williams a lot. Talk about DK Metcalf also. He's 35% available out there. I'm not going to brag about how great he has been, um, but for a rookie, I think he's been solid and showed a lot of promise. But here's why he's really, really appealing this week if you need a wide receiver. He plays Atlanta. Atlanta's going to be the third most points to wide receivers. That Atlanta defense is a mess. In fact, that whole team is kind of a mess at this point. The Atlanta defense is on the second most points right now, over 30 points per game. So Metcalf is a guy for next week is a great play. Yeah, I've got to talk about Philip Dorsett. Now, again, Patriots haven't played this week, so monitor Monday night's game. But at 57% available, is a guy who's had two out of his four games this year have been very good. The other two have been not so good. And so, again, if you monitor this game and he has three out of five very good games, then he's definitely a guy to go out and pick up. But again, very much depends. And in week eight, he will be playing the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Oh, sorry, Rob. I thought you Cole had Beasley. Yeah, you got Cole Beasley, right? I do have Cole Beasley. So I'll run through. I mentioned this before. Now he plays the Eagles this week. And uh, we already talked about how bad that Eagles team has been. And Cole Beasley is 71% available. That is nice. But again, that's just a great matchup. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, the Eagles defense has been bad. It seems like every wide receiver who goes against them gets 100 yards and a touchdown. I'm not exactly projecting those sort of numbers from him. When you look at his stats, this guy has gobbled up targets. He's had catches. He's a bit of a sneaky PPR play if you're looking for a one-week option. Yeah, I could see him with a line, something like seven catch for 70 yards. Not amazing, but in PPR scoring, very good week. Let's talk about Parker and Williams here. Devontae Parker, 87% available, and Preston Williams, 88% available there. Uh, Fitzpatrick, if they stick with him, 
I don't think he's great, but I think he brings value to that offense as far as fantasy football goes there. Now, Parker's had touchdown three weeks in a row. Former first-round pick has potential there. Now, Preston Williams today had a good day, six catches, 82 yards, and he's looked like he's had promise all year there. Now, these are guys that I think are definitely worth deep stashes. If you're in deep leagues or you have a deep bench, stash these guys. But next week, I probably won't play them if you can avoid doing that because they're playing the Steelers, and that defense is getting better. Of course, they traded for uh, the cornerback or now the safety cornerback safety. Mika Fitzpatrick. Thank you. I get all mixed up. Anyway, so uh, that defense is trending in the right direction. So if you can sit these guys, that would be wise to do that. All right, Latavius Murray, I'll say this now. If you own Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray is a must handcuff. If you don't own Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray is a must, must bench and really take a shot on this guy. If Alvin Kamara misses another week, this coming week, that would make Latavius Murray a must-start running back. He had a huge day, 33 touches, 150, feet, 150 yards, excuse me, and two touchdowns. That breaks down into 27 carries for 119 yards or two rushing touchdowns, plus his six targets went five catches for 31 yards. That is a great line of stats showing that this guy is really able to get it done. He did it against a Bears defense that is not a bad defense. It wasn't. So I'm a little bit surprised at his production, and he did it in a blowout. Of course, he got a lot of touches, so my first thought was, well, maybe he's not going to get as many touches next week. But again, if Alvin Kamara is out, they play the Cardinals, and what I wrote down could possibly could possibly be another blowout game, excuse me, but I'm actually going to go on further than that. I'm going to say it will most likely be a blowout game. It may not be, but that's certainly the way that it's looking right now. 25% available. He'll be out there for one-fourth of you guys. He absolutely must be owned, especially if you own Alvin Kamara. Of course, his value goes down if Kamara plays, and I'm not going to speak to Kamara's health at this point. There is a lot of week left to be had and a lot of practice time to see where this guy's health is at. Yeah, you know, I actually picked up Latavius Murray in the league. I didn't pick him up to start him. I picked him up because the guy that I was playing needed a running back, and I wanted to kind of keep him off his roster, so uh, I was going to use him. And the reason why I was going to use him is, one, he was playing, well, I would say, a good Bears defense in Chicago, um, you know, on grass. A lot of factors there. I just thought he's not going to have a great game, and he really had a really good game there. It's hard to argue with those numbers. Royce Freeman, 29% available there. Um, his value is limited with Philip Lindsay being there. We advised starting him last week against Kansas City. We said you got to start him in that match. He spawned with 67 yards, four catches, and a touchdown. He's got a very safe floor. He really does, although he's got a lower ceiling. Now he's had double-digit double carries. Easy for me to say, right? Double-digit carries all year except for one game, and I love his 25 catches. Um, they're consistently using him in the passing game, showing that his recent activity in the passing game is going to continue. That's not going to go away. So um, the one thing that he could use, and I hate to say this, for one of those running backs to go down with an injury right now, it's split almost right down the middle in terms of carries, but he is a solid play. So let's talk about Gore and Snell. Um, I'll talk about Benny Snell, 95% available there. He's playing Miami next week, getting the second most points to running backs. Now, I assume James Conner is going to be in that game and he's going to be fine and play. Um, but even if he does, I think this game could be a blowout. He could get touches either way. Now we know Jalen Samuels is out most likely. And Conner's been banged up quite a bit. He's missed some time there. In fact, the big back, 5'10", 224 pounds, big physical back there. He's looked really nice this year. His eyes per carry have been good. He's looked strong. He's ran well. I think he's a great handcuff. If you have James Conner, and I do in two leagues, I'm going to stash this guy because I'm just a little nervous about James Conner and some of his injuries. It seems like every time he touches the ball and they take him off the ground, I'm always nervous if this guy's going to get up or be injured. So I think he's a great handcuff that you should pick up. And he might be a nice one-week play versus Miami in a blowout. Uh, and as far as Frank Gore goes, he has 30% available, and 
He's looked pretty good. He's had a lot of carries. Now, he did have a slight dip in carries, but he still had 11 carries for 55 yards. That was better than Devin Singletary's seven carries for 26 yards. Um, so at least as of right now, he is outrunning Devin Singletary. He doesn't really do nearly as much in the passing game. Uh, but again, at 30% available, it's hard to argue with that. What I will add to that is that this next week may not be the week to start him as they play the Philadelphia Eagles, who, according to Yahoo Sports, have given the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Sounds like they got a good run defense. No, they have a great run defense. Take a look at this. They have played Dalvin Cook, Le'Veon Bell, Carrion Johnson, Aaron Jones, Devonta Freeman, and Ezekiel Elliott in their first seven weeks and still held those running backs to seventh fewest in the NFL. That's a really good run defense. I imagine Frank Gore is not going to have quite the good day against them. All right, now we got to take a minute to talk about the New Orleans Saints quarterback situation with Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater. What we don't know right now is whether or not Brees will be back next week. He very well could, but either way, whichever quarterback is there, you need to start. Now, Drew Brees is 25% available and Teddy Bridgewater is 84% available. And next week, whichever one guy plays, it looks like he's going to have a field day against the Arizona Cardinals, who have given up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season, more than any other team in the NFL. And I know that a lot of people aren't... Well, you know, I'm just going to say this. Drew Brees is a great quarterback. Obviously, you're going to play Drew Brees, a Hall of Fame quarterback, in a great matchup. That much is clear. I think a lot of people have been down on Teddy Bridgewater. However, his seven touchdowns in the last three games and averaging over 250 yards in a great matchup... Even in a bit of a blowout for me, I think you got to play both these guys no matter who it is that plays. We'll update you on the injury situation as far as which quarterback will be playing further in the week in our start sit video and of course on Friday in our injury update video. But I hate to be presumptuous. I'm not going to say anything as to who will be playing at this point. So, you know, I want to say this. It's not in our notes, but I want to hear from you guys what you think. So uh, he's played really well, Teddy Bridgewater, last couple of weeks. I think he's parlayed that into a starting job next year. That's my opinion. So I want to hear from you. One, is he going to be a starting quarterback next year in the NFL? And if so, what team do you think he's going to be starting for? I do think that he's going to move on. He's done really well there. Josh Allen. Let's talk about Josh Allen right now. 24% available. He's averaging 18.5 fantasy points per game. Quietly, he's been very good. He plays Philadelphia, allowing the 13th most points to quarterbacks. 13 most sounds pretty good, right? That number's a little deceiving. They've actually made a lot worse, and I'll tell you why that number's deceiving. That number would be much higher, except one week they only allowed 0.8 fantasy points to Luke Falk of the Jets, right? Who a week later got cut from his team. That brought that average down quite a bit. Philadelphia can be exposed. Uh, we know that. Their secondary is horrible. Philadelphia is really good, as you mentioned before, good against the run. In fact, they're very stout against the run. So you know what teams do? They're stout against the run, but they're terrible against the pass. They throw a lot. This is a great formula for him to have a great game. Josh Allen's a guy that you should play against Philadelphia. All right, what about Kirk Cousins? People are going to hate to admit it, but it's time to admit that this guy was a better option than many people thought. Again, I'm not here to argue about how good of a quarterback he is. I'm about here to, just going to argue about how good of a fantasy quarterback he is. And over the last three games, he has 10 touchdowns, and he's averaging over 300 passing yards a game. As I mentioned earlier, he's the only quarterback to have three consecutive games with a pass rating of over 130. That's absolutely insane. And get this. Over the last four games, his pass rating of 121 on average, uh, which was across 113 passing attempts over those last four games, that is best in the NFL among the 37 qualifying quarterbacks. 
That is a great matchup. And he plays against the Washington Redskins. The performance has been there. He's got great options. His value does dip a little bit if Adam Thielen is out, but Adam Thielen was banged up in this last game. He had another phenomenal game with, I believe, four touchdown passes. Kirk Cousins is a great fantasy option. And at 38% available, this guy's probably more than a stream. I think this is a guy that you start more weeks than not. Yeah, I think so. That running game has been so effective. Dalvin Cook, so play actions opening everything up there. The funny thing about it is we uh, got some hatred, and uh, a lot of people disagree with our preseason rankings. We had him around, uh, I think, around 12 spot, the number 12 spot there. A lot of sites had him 18 or 19, um, and that was confusing for us. This is a guy who had an off year last year, yet in terms of fantasy football, once we're talking about fantasy football, we're not talking about regular football, he had 30 touchdown passes, and he's got great weapons. And we kept saying, this guy's going to have better days. Had him, yes, he'll still have some games. He's going to struggle against good defenses, but fantasy-wise, this guy's been lights out. Matthew Stafford. Well, you know, Matthew Stafford is 43% available. Uh, he's having a good year. Uh, 13 touchdown passes, only three interceptions. He's been pretty efficient. Today against a good Vikings defense, he had a big game. Four touchdown passes and six, uh, 600, 364 passing yards. Now, next week against a much worse pass defense, the New York Giants, who give the seventh most points to quarterbacks, he's a great matchup if you need to stream somebody. And I might be looking at Matthew Stafford. I've got Matt Ryan in two leagues there. We'll see how he is. I think Matthew Stafford's set up for a big week next week. All right, what about Gardner Minshew? Now, he's 48% available. I love that. Half you guys, you're going to be able to pick him up. And I think he's been a pretty darn good quarterback. Now, his last two weeks haven't looked great. They just haven't. But he does play the Jets next week. And what I like is that they're not a phenomenal defense, and they finally got Sam Darnold back. Them finally getting Sam Darnold back means, hey, they're finally going to score more than zero or three or six points, right? And the more points that they score, the more points their um, opponents are going to have to score. Not much is obvious, but I do have to say it out there so we don't forget. His last two weeks have been a bit of a, a step back, a bit of a set down from really where he was before. But when you put that in his context, for starters, he played the Saints defense that I have bragged about all year and talked about how fantastic they have been. And the stats have proven it. Every team that they have played, they have shut down. In fact, uh, the Dallas Cowboys went out and had a very good day today. And the Saints shut them down. Um, but that was two weeks ago. And then this last week, they absolutely destroyed the Bengals. He simply didn't need to throw a lot. And I believe the Bengals defense had uh, either two touchdowns or they had one where, and I didn't quite catch the replay. It was a nice fumble recovery and it almost went back for a touchdown. It was quite close. But again, they had a great day that defense did. Um, Gardner Minshew just didn't need to do a lot. The last two games haven't been a very accurate representation of what this guy can do in a game where they're going to need him to score points. I think this game is going to be a little bit back more towards normal. I don't think he's going to be phenomenal, but 200, 250 yards and two touchdowns as a plug-and-play stream option, sure, that's what I'm expecting from him. Let's look at uh, Tanny Hill, and then we'll look at more, and we'll also talk about Derek Carr. Uh, start with Derek Carr. He is 80% available out there versus Houston, who get the ninth most points to quarterbacks. Uh, he's been efficient. In fact, heading into week seven, he led all quarterbacks in completion percentage. He's played well, especially when you consider the lack of weapons he's had there. His best wide receiver, Williams, has been out, some other things. Um, but his efficiency hasn't turned into great fantasy numbers. He's only averaging 13.5 fantasy points per game. So he's a good matchup. There's probably better quarterbacks that you could use out there to stream if you need to. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 96% available. He showed today why making that change from Mariota to him was the right change to make. He threw for 312 yards, two touchdown passes, and that offense moved much better with him there. Now we're playing Tampa Bay, who's up these six most points to quarterbacks. And that number's actually grown early in the year. Tampa Bay, the first couple of weeks, their defense looked better, but they've been getting worse and worse. They've been regressing. 
then there's Matt Moore. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to think about Pat Mahomes, Matt Moore, and that offense. He is 99% available versus Green Bay. Now, Kansas City's offense is a high-octane offense, but Green Bay gives up the seventh-fewest points to quarterbacks. For me, personally, um, you could roll the dice them, and he might be huge, but I want to see a full game with him as a quarterback, as a starter, before I would trust him. Think about Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater has played really well. But it took a couple games. In fact, it took the third game that he played before they really started to open things up there. I think the first couple games they played very conservative, uh, kind of get his feet wet, kind of get back in the groove of things. And I kind of see that with Matt Moore. They're not going to come out and let him run the same offense that Pat Mahomes obviously does there. So I want one more week with him to know exactly what to expect, especially against the Green Bay Packers that give the seventh fewest points to quarterbacks. The tight end position is so hard to find, guys. So let's look at a few guys that you may want to look at. One is Gerald Everett, 31% available out there. Three of the last four games, he's been very good. Now, when this guy came in the league, a lot of people thought he was a tight end with good upside and potential, but he started slow in the league. But in his third year, it appears like he's starting to make the leap there. Um, he's received 8.5 targets in the last four games versus Cincinnati in week eight, which I think is a decent matchup for him. What about Jimmy Graham? I think there are a lot of reasons to like this guy. First reason, I want to go back to what I said a few weeks ago when we found out that Devontae Adams wouldn't be playing, or at least it was likely he wouldn't be playing. What did I say? I said that the biggest benefactor of a missing Devontae Adams would be Jimmy Graham. And you know what? I like to toot my own horn a little bit. I think I was right. He's had two touchdowns in the last four games. He's been far from phenomenal. And I'm not going to break this guy up too much. He's not an amazing tight end. But with injuries, bye weeks, and the already shallow tight end position, Jimmy Graham has really stepped up the last couple weeks. Heading into this next week, they play Kansas City, who gives up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. And again, he will really benefit with an increase in targets that he's had over the last few games if Devontae Adams is out. I think he's a great pickup at 33%. I think he's a good play. DJ Hawkinson, former first-round pick, is 33% available versus the Giants. I'm not going to say a lot about this guy. I think he's a guy that, compared to a lot of tight ends that are out there in the waiver wire, he's got more upside than most. But he's got a lower floor being a rookie who's still learning the game there. So if you're really desperate, you could grab this guy. But you may want to look at other better matchups each week and do plug and plays if you're down to, to him as your tight end or your starting tight end. All right, so what about Irv Smith Jr.? Um, as a Vikings fan, it was nice to see he had a good game. Six targets, five catches, and 60 yards. We know that this guy coming in the draft, I mean, he was drafted for his good hands, his ability to run routes, for being a pass-catching tight end. Heck, I would call him to be, compare him, sort of one of those Evan Ingram sort of guys, that they are tight end wide receiver hybrids. He's really shown himself capable of doing what Kyle Rudolph couldn't do. That being said, Kyle Rudolph did score a touchdown this week, and that will take away from his value. Here's what I'll say about Irv Smith. He's a guy you need to have on your radar and you need to watch. At the tight end position, there's not much talent, and you'll be kicking yourself if you mix, miss the next guy who's going to be like Travis Kelsey. I mean, I know how many people who didn't trust Darren Waller's stats the first couple of games didn't pick him up, and now they're really oh, wishing boy. that they had. I think that Irv Smith could very well be that guy. I don't think this season's going to be that season for him. I'm projecting more towards next year. And unless you're in a very deep league, I wouldn't pick him up. But the production has been such that you at least need to keep this guy on your radar and be aware of him. Eric Ebron, 49% available out there versus Denver. Uh, he's not nearly as good a tight end when Andrew Luck was the quarterback, per se. And he's had two bad games this year. But otherwise, the other games, he's been what I would call serviceable tight end. Tate goes out, he had four catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown there. So uh, it's hard. Once again, you talk about the position, it's thin. There's a lot of guys that you can start week in and week out and trust. So if you don't own a, a Kelsey, a Waller, a Kittle, um, even Zach Ertz uh, is a guy that's questionable at this point. His production is down considerably. Um, you're going to have to stream, and he's a guy you have to keep on your radar, just like you had said. 
All right, Rob, so why don't you take over and just finish us off, talk about a couple of defensive options for this week. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great defensive matchups out there. We're going to talk about guys that are maybe a little more available there. Tennessee's 40% available, played in Tampa Bay, you know, the third most points of defenses. Um, uh, Philadelphia, 54% available versus the Bills, going to be the fourth most points of defenses. But the one that's probably most available out there right now that's got a great matchup, this is the defense you got to go after, it would be my number one waiver wire grab for defenses. That's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is 60% available versus Miami, getting up the most points to defenses. And here's the thing, that Pittsburgh defense is looking a lot different the last two to three weeks than they were early in the year there. They're bringing pressure, getting to the quarterback. Um, that's the defense I would pick up there. Once again, Pittsburgh 60% available versus Miami. In fact, I'm playing you next week, and we're both 6-1 and one playing for first place, and I already picked him up for next week ahead of time so I could play him against you. So I hope to have a huge week. You hear that, guys? He's scared of me. <laughs> two weeks out, he's already worrying about how he's going to lose to me. That's where this way it goes. Why don't you close out this video? All right. Well, guys, as always, leave a comment for questions or advice or to tell Rob about how he's going to lose to me. And thank you so much. You guys have a great day and God bless.